2: This is Off Track with Hinch and
1: Rossi.
2: I mean this in the most...
3: I don't mean this in the mean way. Can't wait. It's coming, but it's going to definitely come across that way.
2: I mean it in a positive way, because you've always looked younger than your age. Okay.
3: Am I looking old? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. I uh, I noticed that this morning also. I think okay, so bad. it's just... Maybe it's just yeah. the day <laughs> did yeah, you have a big was, day last night? No, I'm still recovering, I think, from just St. Pete in general. Just like, mm. it was just a busy weekend. I was I running mean, around. A lot, hot. Lot, lot going on. A lot going on. And mm. like, haven't done it in a while. And no. Uh, yeah, no, that's, um, first of all, that, that did that did sound mean. Um, but no, no, I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> eating it like that. I wasn't trying to be a dick. I was just saying, why do you look old today? yeah i just i don't know i just i woke up looking old and Um, uh two consecutive nights of great sleeps though because again just just catching up on just low energy from the weekend so Um, this is also something i should probably know has your role
2: with nbc this year changed um no it has not i didn't know you think that it had changed I didn't know. I don't know. Are you more busy than you were last year? Are you doing more things? Are you? Are you um, yeah, I th- yeah. It,
3: it was, was he just cares about his job more this Art. year. No, yeah. So no, there was, was a lot
1: two. of non
3: NBC like, things that I had to no. do. So yeah, like I was I was driving. Uh, you know, I was driving the beast. I was helping Honda out. Oh with yeah, driving that IndyCar powered CRV hybrid thing. We what is, is the beast? That. So the the beast. Honda's is, gone ham on like these experimental vehicles.
2: Yeah. Um, so in
3: thermal, I don't know, I don't remember if we talked about it or not, but in thermal yeah. they had okay, so at the test they had a um it was like a collaboration with Hoonigan, which is you know the, like the Jim Connor yeah. videos and all that stuff. Um it was a Honda Ridgeline with an IndyCar engine in the back. And the thing was just wild. Like it looked awesome. It was like it was like flaming yellow and like big spoiler on the back and it looked wicked and Simon got to do some demo laps in it, whatever. But then they were like really excited to release um, this new project, which I've been working on for a while. It's called the Beast, and it is a Honda CRV essentially. Well, not really. It's got some body work from a CRV on it. That's kind of where it stops. But it's got the full like 2024 hybrid. So it's an IndyCar engine with the hybrid technology built into it, and it's like it's a purpose-built car. Like this thing looks badass. Uh, there were teasers on it um, on HPD's Instagram page. We filmed a bunch of stuff. There's gonna be more stuff coming out soon. But yeah, man, it, like it's just it's just an indie car, but in a in a CRV body and it's got the hybrid element, whatever. So you like you pull out on electric power, and then you bump start it, kind of like the GTP cars were doing at Daytona, uh, and and will do. Um, but yeah, it's super cool. It's just a, it was a project they wanted to do to like highlight. The hybrid technology and like just get some cool you're know, thinking a little bit outside the box and doing something that can be a little bit more sort of like live on the internet and be viral and so we did some demo laps around the track and so it's gonna be thing,
2: a, does the thing it, it's is it based on a race car like the chassis or is it chassis chassis car?
3: chassis, chassis is based on nsx
2: okay so still a road car
3: so still a road car so um, does it drive
2: like a like a gt3 car like what is it yeah is that's it probably pretty
3: accurate okay. um it handles better than i thought it was going to on street tires oh, okay.
1: um it's not essentially
3: slicks. not slicks so it's essentially like an nsx front end and just literally behind the the bulkhead like behind the driver everything else is indycar it's an indycar engine suspension gearbox all that stuff um and how they made it all together just great it's got the diffuser off of uh off of an nsx as well and the thing like it it probably I mean, hauls ass in a straight line. It goes so fast in a straight line, like it gets so there's there. No dra- in a hurry.
2: There's no downforce. There's also no drag.
3: Correct. Um, it's got plenty, way too much brake for the amount of downforce it has. So you got really car brakes for NSX brakes. Uh, neither. It's different. Kind of like it's a, I, don't, I don't know which ones they're, they're large. One's yeah. Okay. Um, they're not Indy car brakes. Um, so there's there's steel brakes. Steel brakes. Steel yeah. brakes. There's a lot of them. Like big big rotors. Um, and, and I think handles like not, not terribly all things considered, but it was funny, man, because like I go out the first time and I'm going through that section, you know, the middle sector there, basically four to nine. And like through that section, you just, you're just surrounded by concrete. It's all pretty slow. You're on and off the throttle. And it sounds the same. Probably it sounds and feels like an outlap in an Indy car. Cause you're just kind of cruising around like you would on yeah, cool yeah. tires. It's got an Indy car it's got the Cosworth wheel on it. And I'm like, man, this just sounds, just sounds like the first. So you like probably weekend. had to
2: remind yourself: do not try and go flat through the king. <laughs>
3: Correct. Correct. <laughs> yes,
2: you do not want to do that.
3: And flat through the chicane. That would not have been good. No,
2: less than good.
3: Right. Less than good. But no, it was awesome. It was a really really so cool. Did you around. did you take? Is there passengers or is it just? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there, there there's a right seat, and uh, this one we only because it was the first time it kind of been publicly shown, and it was it's still in its infancy. Um, they, they, I only got, they were demo laps. And so I only got to do like once buys out, once buying in each day. And so Saturday and Sunday we had, uh, we had passengers to give it a a whirl. But I remember, like I said to the the people from HPD, I was like, we should just have this thing running whenever the two seater is running and just give an hour's worth of rides because this thing is awesome. Like it's so much fun, uh, way more fun to drive than the (laughs) the two seater for sure. sure. So what was like, did they just build it
0: to see what would happen or is there a purpose no, it's, behind
3: it? Like <laughs> it's, it's just to it's just to draw attention to the to the hybrid technology that's coming out. You know, the the people at, at Honda and, and, and Ilmore and Chevy and everybody at IndyCar, they've put a lot of time and effort into uh into this new hybrid switch for 2024. It was originally supposed to be for 2023. And so uh they were like, Well, hey, it's 2023. Let's find a cool way to sort of showcase what we're doing here and you know, do it in a way that's gonna get Maybe a, a different crowd uh, interested, and maybe something that can live a little bit more, um, you know, virally on the internet with some cool videos of just. I mean, it's like you know, it's a, it's a CRV, it's a it's a family car that they've turned into this beast, literally. Um, so, like, huge credit to everybody at HPD for, for getting it all together, and uh, and thanks for the opportunity to get to go have some fun with it because it was pretty. So, neat. So the hybrid part was active. Did yes. you? I mean.
2: Without giving away, I don't even know if there are secrets, but like, did was it deploying energy automatically or did you have to deploy it? How did it work?
3: The, we were just using it for starting. So, okay. You weren't using it's it? It's not like, like, yeah, yeah. Got it. Um, So yeah, just kind of had the 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 cool thing of having it the, buzz away the, and, that, the whirl ah! and then. and then growl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like that a lot. That's it was pretty neat. That's yeah. That's one of the best parts about the the GTP cars. Uh, so yeah, I guess you know. I mean, I had some other things I wanted to open with, but we've already got into the St. Pete weekend. So I mean, let's. Just I know tell everybody's us really out. interested. I'll give. I'll. I'll give my take on it. I had a great okay. time. so you stop. Um, no, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna save that for the end so that people have to listen all the way to the end. I we have some other updates to go over first uh, as I eat my snack. Alex, we heard on the last show about you having to get up at stupid o'clock to go to disney Mm. and do that how was disney at 5 a.m uh 4 30 um disney was uh dark
2: cold not really disney was dark um oddly not quiet though like the same what you know when you walk through the park i mean there was no people in terms of visitors there was a lot of there was a whole industry there's a whole industry
0: that exists at disney yeah
2: Right. To the point, like they have their own home Depot, they have their own PPG paint store. they have their own
0: is it true that they repaint oil? all the stuff every night? I well, stuff hearing needs that.
2: To be repainted, but they don't repaint the entire place, but like change any light bulbs, like make sure it looks legit by eight a m when you know early early past visitors are coming or whatever. Um but what blew my mind was like, you know when you walk through the park, there's always music playing, like whatever. They're yeah. still music playing at 4.30 in the morning. And it's like, well, they want to keep the spirits up of the people that are working on the park too. Like it's not just – like the, the encompassing Disney thing is everyone that is there, whether you're working, whether you're staff, whether you're there for the, for the as, as a tourist, a visitor, they want your experience to be memorable. So they don't want it to be like any other place on earth. So it's, it's pretty crazy that they actually take kind of a similar approach for their own staff. So they wanted to be um, magical for everybody, exactly. So that was interesting. Um, and then you know, we just did a lot of stuff around uh, the Chevy test track, um, which is that ride there. Um, and that was that was fine. I mean, I've ridden the ride before, that was cool, but I got to build my own car, do all that sort of thing, see how it stacked up against visitors from the previous day. The answer is not well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of cool to to go, I guess, and have a private ride to yourself for a couple hours. Um, so Um It was
3: literally just you on the ride. It was just me on the ride, which was very strange. That's like a that's like a Richie Rich thing, you know? Like he's he's got the little amusement park in his backyard. He's just riding his roller coaster. And so by here's the
2: other thing. Here's the other thing. Even though like the people that were running the roller coaster knew that this was a filming thing for Disney slash GM. They knew that I was purely there is to capture me riding the ride with GoPros. You know how when you pull away, it's like waving and like have a safe trip and all this stuff, and we'll see you soon. Like they still act, they still performed the exact same way.
3: <laughs> well, yeah. mean, they knew cameras were there, and they can't have people thinking that no, I know, anyone but that like, never rides a Disney ride doesn't have the full experience.
2: I know, but isn't that I mean it's crazy? I mean it's you you hear about how, you know, the the contracts that the princesses have to sign and mickey and everything about how like you can never ever break character and do all this stuff etc but like even the people that aren't in costumes like they can't not well, be they, the disney they're employee. all
0: considered cast members yeah for sure oh uh, that i mean all right so did you go right back to sleep or did you kind of get caught up in the atmosphere of the park and like go do some other
2: rides
3: did you get to stick around for a while or like? will they asked
2: and i said no um i i went i went <laughs> to try and go to the gym and then realize that i was very tired so I, I i didn't um and then drove tampa and got the weekend started
3: all right that's uh i'm glad that went well i can't wait to see what you shot there um rib update tim how's a broken rib uh still hurts still
0: on uh, some some extra high powered advil and stuff but a different update. Uh, I got all my new telescope stuff in. You I sure sent, did. I sent you guys some pictures. It's uh, so that's been fun. I, I got it all set up and ready to start getting more pictures. And just like it always happens when people get new telescopes, as soon as it got in, it's been cloudy
3: for three days, so I haven't been able to really. I love the get line. With it. I love the line, you know, just, you know, what happens when everybody gets new telescopes, like that's a common thing that it, the rest it, of it us is, can relate to. It's
0: a common thing in the astronomy world that as right, soon as you which, buy new telescope gear, there's, there's clouds that move it. Yeah, Somebody made buy like new a car, Netflix documentary about it. It's
3: when you buy a new good. car, it rains. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's funny how you say, Oh you that old chestnut, you know, <laughs> every time, every, every time I knew equipment, it's like, well, we don't, okay. Uh, I I will say
0: on over this last weekend, I got a lot of texts from people, uh, James, including your wife, asking why I wasn't at St. Pete. And I'll be honest, the FOMO was setting in pretty severely for not Mm -hmm. being there. And then I woke up five minutes before the broadcast started. I turned on the projector in my bedroom and watched the entire race from bed. And all of that FOMO just slipped away because it was just fantastic to watch the race from bed. Fair. You know who didn't
2: text you wondering why you weren't there?
0: You. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> I noticed. Uh, <laughs> I don't text we you also, on race weekends. We also already knew you weren't coming. That's true. Yeah,
0: that's how I justified it in my head and got yeah. rid of the, the hurt.
3: It's really pain. just that we don't care, but
0: Yeah, no, I know, um, but that's I lied to myself. Um Fair,
2: I mean, I tell you, I tell you, who was in St. Pete? A lot of
0: people, dude. It looked crowded, which is fantastic. It was. Was it as I, hot as it looked on TV? No,
3: I, I mean, I mean, it, it was Saint warm Pete. in the sun. Like there was a there was more cloud, I think, than we sometimes get there. But it was very like on and off, intermittent, and so it wasn't, was, one it might wasn't call it hot. partly cloudy.
2: It wasn't that hot. It
3: was eighty. It was, it was humid though. It no, was like I know. 88% humidity. No, I understand,
2: but like we've done St. Pete's where there it's 88. Yeah. Degrees. Like I yeah. it, w- it, wasn't, it it wasn't it wasn't the worst of, one of it, for sure. Um yeah. but no, the people that turned out even from Friday was Yeah, I I noticed on wrong. Friday already. It was huge. Um which is, you know, obviously a testament we've talked a lot on this podcast about, you know, how People in the states, their interest in motorsports, I think, has been has been peaked over the past couple of years, and um, you know, I think to to a certain extent, we've got F one to thank for that. Um, but yeah, I think people are, are very much interested in motorsports. They're very interested in coming out to the track and seeing what it's all about. And by golly, did they get some sort of show on Sunday?
3: That Man. was uh, that was a hell of a race. It was, I was mean, some. let's 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 take a step back. Let's I mean let's start at practice because yeah. the, the mayhem started from FP, the third lap of practice. We had an incident, we had a car in the wall. Um there was a there was a new paved section between turn three and turn four, which I gather made turn three a nightmare because added a huge bump and took away a bunch of grip, and then kind of it's made funny. four it's nightmares because, because it had less grip on the brakes.
2: Well, like turn three and turn four has always been bumpy and low grip. So when we did the trap walk and it was like, oh, this is repaved, we were like, sweet. Somehow they made it more bumpy with less grip. So they didn't even (laughs) solve either of the problems. They actually made both of the problems worse, which is pretty hard to do. So basically it
3: may have have been bumpier, but at least it had less grip. Correct. Yeah. Terrific. Nothing like updating a race track. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even know how that's physically possible. Like I feel like you – I understand why a certain mixture of asphalt or concrete or whatever could have less grip than the previous one or whatever. Like that I, I can fathom. But how do you repave a surface and somehow make it bumpier at the scene?
1: So
3: it's, <laughs> it's funny you say that because I actually – I don't understand it. Every time I feel like in my career they repaved part of a street circuit, it got way more grip. Like normally well, new
2: pavement is awesome yeah yeah last year they only repaved the section and
3: it went like a second and a half faster like i remember back in when they when they they repaved the back half of the toronto racetrack Mm -hmm. the difference was unreal where the where the new pavement, no the difference was still unreal right sorry yes but in a much (laughs) worse way yeah um so yeah and then yes and then on top of that it was bumpier in the brakes so you could see the ripples in the racetrack like where before it was like a manhole cover maybe or whatever. Now it just looked like it was wavy in the pavement itself. Mm -hmm. Anyway, lots of incidents in practice. Um, New garden and McLaughlin were just collecting bent toe links left, right, and center. Uh, Lots of people were in the runoffs. Lots of people were hitting walls. We had two guys crank the wall in turn three coming out of the pits. Um, It was just, I visited every single
2: access road that St. Pete had to offer in every run <laughs> which is which is pretty hard to do you know every yeah. once in a while you outbreak yourself in a corner and you go straight and have to flip a bitch and like whatever i i went straight in every single breaking zone at least once over the weekend
3: turn one turn four turn eight turn nine ten but yeah sorry ten 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 yeah, yeah. not nine yeah correct mm-hmm. yeah oh that's uh suboptimal they're great. Um, They're really good.
0: Lots of space.
2: Lots of space
3: <laughs> to turn around. Yeah. Yeah. More reviews you're
0: leaving. Five stars for everything.
3: <laughs> I got to say, there's a new trend among drivers when you go into a runoff that rather than come to a stop, get first, drop the clutch, and go, because hot tires are tough to spin up, right? So what a lot of guys did today, or sorry, today, this past weekend, was like from... 10, 15 miles an hour still cruising down, they would just crank it hard one way and slam on the throttle and do like a fairly like in a confined area, a fairly high speed spin. Cause they they didn't have the confidence of being able to like do that without damaging, you know, a drive shaft or something in the gearbox or whatever or stalling. But it was a couple guys did it like, oh, it's aggressive, but it worked. I did not. I either did that or use reverse. Right. <laughs> so you got a lot of good practice doing using reverse, which is helpful. Yeah. And, Which uh honestly is
2: far too hard to do. Like people don't understand is, how difficult I saw someone on Twitter um actually tagged the, the podcast and was like, why why do so many people stall an IndyCar?" car? Well, for a lot of reasons, you know, it's it's just hot tires, it's difficult to kind of break traction. There's a lot mm-hmm. of grip available. But reverse is virtually impossible to get. And, and that's, I think, the main reason why people stall is, they, is they struggle. It's, it's hard
3: to get, but then also, also you know, with a hand clutch that's fly-by-wire, you have very little feel, right? Mm-hmm. Normally, the only time you use a clutch in IndyCar is leaving the pit box, which you can just slam the throttle, drop the clutch, spin up the wheels, and off you go. There's no modulation really required, right? So they're not really designed to go slowly, to like accelerate, so they, you just you just drop it and like get the wheel spinning. The problem is with the the physical reverse gear that's in the gearbox. It's is very stops. small and very fragile, and so what it cannot tolerate is a bunch of a throttle, a bunch of revs, and then like dropping the clutch while you're in reverse. So you kind of have to feed it in as if you would, you know, you if you were taking off in like a normal road car. But unfortunately, because of the hand clutch, there's so little feel to it. That's really hard to do, and you don't have too many revs, and so sometimes it stalls when you're going backwards. Ultimately, these things are not designed to go in reverse, and they're not going to get any better at that because they shouldn't. So, practice mayhem, lots of stuff going on, and then head into qualifying.
0: Well, qualifying, let's, let's say like practice and qualifying, like Andretti was looking
3: strong to quite strong. Yeah, um, I think. I, mean, I think which as. As you would expect, like I think, I think, yeah, street I don't, courses I don't, with I don't, their bread and butter.
2: Last year. Qualifying pace on a street course has been a weakness of Andretti Autosport. Okay, right.
3: fair enough. Um, I think Dixon was quickest on Friday in practice. Um, one of the Andretti's, I think, was quickest. Colton, maybe in oh. P2. Um, and then yeah, it got into qualifying. The the groups weren't the most evenly split. I don't think oh I've ever it was, seen. It was bad. Group 2 was <laughs> well, significantly yeah, your, more challenging. Your yeah.
0: time in group 2, it was like 6th or 5th or 6th, right? But it would have been 1st in group 1.
3: Yep. and and look part part of that is is track evolution like that's it's usually quicker in group two but just like the number of of hitters that had been having good weekends in group two was a little bit higher than what we saw in Mm -hmm. group one uh so some guys probably got burned by that um and then i think the real the real thing about qualifying was two high profile incidents in the fast six First, it was um, Scott McLaughlin. He tapped the wall coming out of turn 10 and tried to just keep his foot in it through the 11-12 chicane, which is like a nearly flat-out or qualifying flat-out high-speed chicane. Needless to say, bent toe length, that did not end well. Uh, very high-speed spin. So lucky not to hit anything else. But uh, brought out a red, and his his session was done. And then on the outlap from the next run, uh, after that red came, came up, in kind of just the next corner, uh, Kirkwood went long and, uh, in the brake zone and, and cranked the wall, and, uh, and caused the red. So two cars basically out of the fast six before they even set a lap. Um, ultimately, Paul went to Grosjean. A nice little battle between him and, and Herda. I think Colt said he made a little mistake on his lap, but Grosjean. Yeah, but I like, mean, it was it was, was a pretty, big gap. It was pretty big gap, and like the fact that Grosjean was able to do it
2: on lap two. Like it pains me to say it, but like that was very impressive. Like, yeah, that deserves, of, that, deserves, that deserves a shout out. That was a hell of a hell of an effort.
3: Were you were you a one lap guy on those tires on the? Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was, seemed to be majority of people saying that, but I did hear one or two drivers say maybe maybe lap two, and uh, I wasn't. I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't sure how that was going to play out in the race. What was different this year though is they changed the tire rules a little bit. And my personal opinion, it was to the detriment of the show. And long story short, the team's got an extra set of reds for like practice slash qualifying, which meant that if you only used one set in practice, which is what teams have historically done because they've only had one set, um, you could save your other set and add it to the pile for qualifying. So if you made it to the fast six, you could have sticker sets for Q1, Q2, and Q3. Um, it also meant that a lot of drivers who probably didn't think they had fast six pace would do the double alternates in Q1 just to try to get into Q2, especially because it was definitely not going to be a red race. You didn't need to save any of those for the race itself. So yeah, so in in Q3, all those guys, not all those guys, Kirkwood had already burned a set and- Marcus was out. Marcus had already burned a set. Both those guys had to do like runs second runs in Q2 because of a red flag. Uh, That was actually a good call from Kirkwood. Kirkwood wouldn't have transferred into round two. Um, Right. So Marcus was out and then did another set and got in and Kirkwood was on the bubble. And then because people behind him put tires on, he also did and got himself in. So it was a good move um, from everyone that, that did it there. So then we had the grid set and then it was
1: time to go to the race. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once, starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So,
0: no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem.
1: Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. And
0: you uh, think? Uh, this is when you... I zoned out. Nothing happened. Lap one, right? I I came in right around turn four. Everything seemed fine.
3: Um, for the first twelve people, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I I I don't need. I don't even know what to say. I don't. I don't know, James.
0: I. Okay, I have a question as a know. layman. Okay. It seemed to me as someone who knows. All about how an indie car works or what you're seeing in the car, that Peterson
3: didn't slow up or avoid that. All right. so you, all. You're getting ahead of yourself. So we go, we get the green flag. Everybody gets through turn one. Coming out of turn two, there's a little bit of a hip check between Dixon and Rosenquest. Innocent deal, racing deal, no intention, whatever. The result is a bent toe link on, uh, felix's car so he's now crawling through this now very fast bumpy slippery turn three we spoke about earlier
2: which is always a bitch on lap one or outlaps cold tires
3: full fuel it's always a challenge especially on the start when there's a lot more side by side so that sort of causes a little bit of a chain reaction of people slowing up and he did a great job staying off the line staying out of the way but still people had to go side by side in turn three accordion effect and then I believe the first real contact was Ferrucci getting the back of Elio spins him around and then just mayhem behind him. A uh, bunch of drivers get caught out. One of them is Devlin De Francesco, who sat sideways on the racetrack. The last car into the accident scene is Benjamin Peterson. And I don't know if he didn't see what was happening. I don't know what was going on, but I'll just arrive there with a ton of speed, got on the brakes really late and, when he hit dev's car the way that it popped up in the air was unlike anything i've ever seen before in open wheel racing a it b it literally looked like a glitch in a racing game like it looked like net code in iRacing. you the know car you went try from and like on
0: like you chip a pool ball over another one to make a trick shot yeah it, it kind of yeah it looked like that. like that but i i still don't
2: understand the physics no nope. behind the, i mean we all know what the front of an indy car looks like it's a very mm-hmm. It's a pointy it's a cone, right? A pointy cone. How that point elevates a car nine feet
3: in the air, a car that weighs 1,800 pounds, I, I have no idea how that happens. Like like when I try to think about it, because he hit kind of like the side of the front the part of Dev's yeah, yeah. top, right? So like yeah. very like a lot of concern about Dev's feet and legs at first. But like I could understand that because it's a cone-nosed, you know, pointy shape it maybe would have gone under and lifted the front of the car up. What I didn't understand is how at the initial contact the car both ends simultaneously just lifted straight up in the air and started spinning around. I, I don't I don't know. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. It was one of the weirdest accidents I've ever seen in my entire life. Luckily everybody got away okay. Um, but I, mean, I, I mean, I mean, we got to talk about that. Yeah. Unbelievable
2: that everyone was completely fine. Like, we, we, we've we seen accidents. I mean, we can go back to the Zanardi accident. We, we've seen accidents like this that involve, you know, a T-bone type collision, people's feet. Anytime a car gets elevated and you're landing with already damaged suspension, like the absorption of like through your spine is really traumatic like i am stunned and so thankful to IndyCar for the fact that everyone's fine like that's yeah. unbelievable to me
3: the fact that dev's legs were fine that his back was fine landed and that peterson's feet were fine and back yeah. was fine just from the type of impact and then up to the to the landing point kirkwood later in the in the race when he went completely up and over jack harvey that impact downwards vertically for sure but at least his I car think- wasn't already broke no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, but still, slamming down like that in IndyCar—that's normally yeah. well, that's a that's no, a backbreaker.
2: I mean, Will Power had his incident, and that was just like going wide in a corner through the
3: grass, and it
2: and it really screwed up his back.
3: No, that was Justin Wilson in Mid Ohio. Will's actually was almost exactly what just happened. Will t boned a stationary car at Sonoma over a blind crest in almost the exact same way, and it did, so it would have been the Peterson version of you know a person that and he did his back in so yeah Um, just incredibly lucky all around not enough can be said about Dallara and IndyCar and the work that goes into it and then also the AMR safety team I thought they did a great job cleaning up a bunch of different multi-car accidents pretty expeditiously over the course of the race but yeah man it was it was an exciting race that was terrifying red flag all that stuff everybody was okay got back to racing it was an interesting race. <clears throat> there was some, there was some good passes on track, a couple of different strategies playing out with when you were using the primaries versus the alternates. Um, a couple other high profile incidents, the most notable one, obviously being when, uh, Grosjean and, uh, McLaughlin who were running one and two fighting for the win in the last pit cycle, they come out of the pits. Grosjean's already stopped. He's on his first lap. McLaughlin comes out, gets ahead of him out of pit lane and then down into turn four. How did you see what unfolded, Mr. Ruskin? Well,
2: it was it was, it was Scott's fault, the incident. Um, I think two things happened. One, he had pulled off the same move at the previous pit cycle, but he was on the alternate tire. So he probably didn't make the mental math adjustment, adjustment in his head as to what he could get away with. Um, which is easy to do, especially in the heat of the moment. Like, if you had done that exact same thing 25 laps prior and it worked, you're probably going to have the same reference point and gut instinct as to win the break.
3: And but- you know that if you get ahead in turn four, he's not getting you before turn yeah. nine, and you've got a very good chance of holding on to that position. Yeah.
2: You, you, But if he, you went before,
3: yeah, it's, it's basically for the win. Um,
2: the other, the only thing, and again, this is in no way am I placing any sort of blame on Roma. I am curious though, with how late it was in the race and how bad the, the marble buildup was that even if Scott had got hauled down running around the outside of turn four, like maybe he would have been fine. But like I, I touched that on a restart and it, I mean, it's almost, it's almost an instant tire wall goner type situation. So I mean, just because yes, it ended both their days. That's Scott's fault. Had Scott made it and pulled it up, would Grosjean have survived on the outside? I don't know. That would have been very interesting to kind of
3: see. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, when I look at when I look at how the cars ended up, right? So, so Scott goes in there, he gets a bit of rear lock. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not intentional. Uh, he, he didn't do anything. Yeah, it was just one of those things, right? Yeah, going broke, for the win, broke late, going for the win. Every, anybody would have done it. Rears locked. That just sort of got him a little bit off. But then he hips check. He hip checks Grosjean, fires him into the wall. But then Scott ends up in the wall too. So you go back a restart. Um, New Garden, I think it was, and VK did essentially mm-hmm. the same thing on the restart, a little more even on the tire situation. But um, Joseph got in there deep, bounced off of uh, VK. Okay. VK ends up in the tires. Joseph keeps going. It was Joseph, right? I'm not misspeaking there. All right. Right. Yeah. right. Um Joseph so made the I, I corner. Almost, I almost
2: wonder if Grosjean had let him out, break himself.
3: What what I was getting at is that I don't think there was any hope in hell. McLaughlin was going to make that corner if Grosjean wasn't there. Like if Grosjean let him go, yeah. which you're not going to do. Like it, he did what you would have done. You would have tried to hang it around the outside because you did have the tire advantage and all that stuff. But like, had he just checked up and tried to over under? Yeah, him, yeah. I don't that think Scott like- would have made the corner.
0: It sounds like you guys think n-
3: neither of them were making the corner with
0: the way that they approached it.
3: I mean, I, I I mean potentially, there's, there's yeah. An yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> potentially.
2: Um, Cause I mean, we, we saw, we saw like pr- a couple laps prior, you know, I think it was actually the, yeah, a couple laps prior. Um, Colton tried to hang it around the outside of will and turn nine again We'll dump them into the tires. Not Colton's fault, but like it's very, very hard. There's very few places outside of Turn One at St. Pete where I really think you can survive on the outside. Like it's, and and obviously that's it's hard on any track, but I think just the marbles and how much crap and shit there is offline in St. Pete in particular. Like it's it's almost a death wish. Like I tried to pass Colton around the outside of Turn Two on a restart. I was on reds, he was on blacks, and it was ice. Like both feet off the pedals, just praying that some semblance of front grip comes back, so you don't just pancake the wall. Um, it's just it's really, really, really hard in St. Pete to go side by side. So, anyways, It um, is what it is. It is what uh, okay. It is. There's it one a lot other of action thing. on track.
0: There's one other part I think we definitely need to talk about uh, Connor's near miss on that first incident.
2: Unbelievable, man!
3: Like incredible, <laughs> it's, it's so impressive. He, he, made he it had like... inches on either side. Oh, phenomenal! His onboard is my from that incident is my favorite clip of the whole thing because not only is his save and threading the needle incredible, it also gets the most wild like screenshot of Dev's car going from peacefully sitting on a racetrack to a violently eight feet up in the air in like a single frame, and it's just it looks fake
0: yeah it, looks it, it looked fake. like iris
3: yeah it did um and um, then the other thing that i
0: that I had a thought while watching on sunday was uh in the post-race mclaughlin immediately going to roman and talking to him and kind of hugging it out and everything I, I couldn't help but notice the boom that was in frame when they were doing it and i was just like oh yeah that vice show is going to be awesome because <laughs> like, everything they're going to recap from this race is going to be great. And just yeah, hearing all the we could do, and we
3: could do three like episodes, I think, just on St. Pete. But, uh, <laughs> it's got,
0: just
2: honestly just, huge.
3: Oh, and then comparing it with with F one, I mean, well, what's well, we'll get there. But, but just back to the McLaughlin thing, the huge, I mean, huge credit. He's just you know just being a man about it, putting his hand up, saying, "Yeah, going for the win. That's what we do." Didn't work out this time. I would do it again tomorrow. Hate that I took out Grosjean. Went and found him right away. Manned up and, and you know, apologized. Huge class act. A lot of a lot of time and, and respect for both those guys uh, for the way it was all handled after the fact. Let's just not ignore how it ended. Uh, that whole incident gave Pato the lead. Getting hounded by both Ganassi cars with Marcus Erickson and Scott Dixon. Two laps to go coming off the last corner. a A freak thing that happens occasionally in these engines. That causes a temporary loss of power, and by temporary I mean like one second. But Marcus was right there, two laps to go, and uh, and he was able to just drive around Pado Scott. Like, it wasn't even enough for Scott to go by. But I was saying, so thank I was saying, God
0: you're in the booth to explain that because I don't think anybody would have had an understanding of what happened if like you did a yeah, really so good I, job of explaining
3: it. I've got to I got to put my hand up and and say that I openly got it wrong. I first thought that maybe because he had an oversteer moment. I, was no I thought reviews. maybe he caught what well, I thought he maybe caught the peeling speed limiter, mm-hmm. but I'm like, no, they hide those now. Like that seems un- unrealistic, but I had no other explanation and, and I called it and I was wrong. It was a plenum event, which watch the broadcast if you want the explanation, but yes, it causes a temporary loss of power and gutted for any driver. That's that close to a win and something out of their control takes it away like that. the end of the day, still a second place. 20 laps earlier, he was running third. He kind of got gifted the lead in a way. So it depends on how you want to look at it, right? Um, but still, kicking the nuts. Huge props to Marcus uh, Erickson, just plugged along, stayed out of trouble. And huge props to Alexander Rossi, who just plugged along, not, not just plugged along, raced hard, stayed out of trouble, and no, brought home, a top, just, just <laughs> brought home a top awesome. five. Just Brought home a top five. First race with McLaren. That's got to feel pretty good um yeah
2: man like i don't want we don't need to go into too much detail um it was a challenging weekend for the i mean honestly i we knew it was going to be a challenging weekend um we were going in there with the expectation of let's just try and not have problems and and continue building our process and getting everyone gelling and working together still a lot of guys on my car i've never seen an car before so just going through the going through the steps um, and you know we had a very hard Friday the the recovery of the team was was phenomenal um to kind of at least make us semi-competitive and qualifying on Saturday um and and yeah I mean I think that we here here's the thing so much of what's been missing from my previous five years in IndyCar has been days like that where you're able to capitalize on other people's misfortunes um, and just have a, a trouble-free day. Just go out there, be a, a ninth place car, probably on speed, and just be able to come home in, in, in the top five. Um, and so I, I that's something that you know has been modeled so many times by scott obviously by alex below when he won his championship by will last year um and to be able to do that in the first kind of go around with the team um was was awesome and i think a really big confidence boost for everyone and and like i've said many times like this the our group specifically but really the entire organization is is just going to go from strength to strength and i think the fact that Obviously, the cars had the ultimate pace that they did throughout the weekend as a positive. And then to to be able to kind of recover and have the end result that the seven car did um, was also a huge positive. So very, very thankful for that and excited for Texas.
3: Well, there you go. I mean, yeah, that <clears throat> that team's always run pretty well there. So uh, that should Texas? be... Texas? Yeah. yeah.
2: I'm, I'm very
3: excited. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Cannot uh, wait. Well, yeah, that's a great you know, call. I've never said that, that before. Call. Yeah, cannot wait to get to Texas is not something that many people say uh, in the Indie series yes. <laughs> for a lot of different reasons. Um, yeah, you know what, guys? Look, there technically was an F1 race this weekend. Um, was there? It was there's a not parade. much to, there not much to say exhibition. about it. Right. There's not much to say about it. So, I mean, I mean, we can talk about it next week if you want, but we should talk about it next week. I think it's worth, it's worth giving a shout out to Aston Martin. Um, yeah, it's worth exploring a little bit, and we're out of time yeah. now. So let's leave this one as the St. Pete stamp, and we can talk next week a little bit about other happenings and F ones and things like that. And um, yeah, just quickly on F one, Alex was right. Alpha Tower is not for sale. Yeah, obviously. What, what do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah, obviously. Because James- obviously, Alex is right. No.
2: <laughs> because you're just forgetting that this whole thing has happened before.
3: Like, no, I'm this- not forgetting. I never knew. I was not in on deals um, being brokered to buy Alpha Tower in the past, Alex. Oh, were you who's not the on those? Big calls? F- who's the big F one guy now? Brokering team sales in in Me. Formula One. Yeah. That's well, the guy me. who raced in Formula One, you hypocrite. Yeah, I love um, that you become the big F1 guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've called fewer F1 races than Alexander has started. I mean, that's not gonna be a stab that lasts very long. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll be <laughs> we <laughs> will gone around it'll be gone around june but that's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> oh good times well yes i'm glad i'm glad that uh, you still know what you're talking about and i'm glad they're not selling it because i think it's super cool that one company owns two f1 teams <laughs> it's a pretty a company that sells caffeinated crap yeah they sell like liquid cocaine basically yeah. it's insane yeah.
0: now that i know i'm not uh, i'm not going to be able to buy alfatari i guess i can afford to go out to lunch today
3: Yes, yeah, yeah I was shabu saving. shabu I was is waiting for you. All right, see you guys next week. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though I have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Find us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. The music you heard on this episode is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. You can find him online at hollandpatentpubliclibrary.com. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean fame.